Welcome back to the Weekly Policy Pod. I'm your host, Zaid, and today we'll be discussing a number of items. First, let me apologize for not uploading a pod last week. You know, sometimes school comes first. Anyways, today we have a lot of interesting stuff going around in Europe in the past two weeks, I should say. But first, let's get to uh, talk about uh, the Dutch elections, which has been going on for the past two days. So the Netherlands is currently holding um, elections for their parliament, which will decide if current or outgoing, I should say, Prime Minister Mark Rutte will stay in power. The electoral system in the Netherlands is, I think, from what I read on Wikipedia, open list proportional representation. I'm pretty sure Canada is proportional representation, so I have an idea how it works, but I don't know what open list means. So maybe um, if you're Dutch, um, you can let me know in the future. Uh, So uh, the elections are for the 150 members of parliament. So polls right now are showing that outgoing prime minister, Mark Rutte, is set to win and form another cabinet. I'm pretty sure this would be his fourth cabinet. So he's won three times. So for more information, and since I'm not an expert on uh, the Dutch electoral system, um, you know, major news are reporting uh, like on the Dutch election. So feel free to check them out. Okay, so remember, two weeks ago, um, I talked about uh, the vaccine passports. So right now there's an update. So um, as of today, on March 17th, 2021, the European Commission presented a proposal to create a digital green certificate to facilitate the safe, you know, free movement of citizens within the EU uh, during the COVID-19 pandemic. Um, This certificate will be valid in all EU member states. Um, So what I'm going to do is somewhat of a rundown of what exactly would be included, who can get the certificate and a bunch of other stuff that I found interesting, and I'm sure you all will. So first, the certificate is um, a digital proof for those who have been vaccinated against COVID-19. Uh, it will also include um, negative test results or if uh, or a medical certificate if um, you've been uh, rec- uh, recovered from COVID-19. The key issues of the certificate are, uh, sorry, key features, not issues. Uh, I talked about the issues last week. Um, digital and or paper version. Um, so those who... Um, do not have a smartphone, can request a paper version. Um, It will have a QR code. Most importantly, it will be free of charge and valid in all EU countries. Okay, so the two burning questions that I and probably other uh, people have is who is eligible for their certificate and how do you get one? We'll start with the latter. So it was previously previously, uh, thought that only EU citizens can get the certificate in order to facilitate the freedom of movement, uh, which is enshrined in you know the Europe uh, the Treaty of the European Union. Um, but uh, now the EU announced that not only citizens of the EU uh, the EU will get the certificate, uh, but also family members, regardless of their nationality, and non EU citizens legally residing in Europe. So that's very exciting, even for me, because I am not an EU citizen and I am living in Europe or the European Union. So going back to the first question, remember two weeks ago I mentioned that health is a national competence? Well, you guessed it. National authorities are in charge of issuing certificates. It could be issued by hospitals, test centers, and health authorities. The digital version will be stored on a mobile device, but citizens can also request a paper version. Both will have a QR code uh, that contain essential information and digital seal to confirm the certificate's authenticity. Uh, There have been reports uh, 
in the past year that people have been using fake COVID negative tests. So uh, it's very important that uh, uh, member states are able to certify that the results are um, legit. Um, so I know I'm going or I went on and on about the certificate, but uh, believe me, it's important uh, that everyone has the information they need. Um, so if you um, need more information, obviously you have all the online sources that the EU has posted it on their uh, commission website. Um, and um, you know there are a couple of questions surrounding this, whether or not, uh, for example, um, the EU will accept um, coronavirus um, um, what do you call it, uh, vaccination certificates uh, from other countries. So, for example, if some uh, national from a third uh, third party, like a third party national, um, which is a non-EU national coming from uh, a third party country, so outside of the EU, if they can um, uh, present a negative COVID certificate. So I'm not sure whether the EU also will only, be, um, will only allow people who've received certificates or vaccines that have been approved by the European Medicines Agency, so which is AstraZeneca, Johnson and Johnson, I believe, uh, Pfizer and Moderna, um, because obviously there are other vaccines going around. So I guess we'll wait and see. But I think from what I've read on the EU Commission website, member states um, have like the, they, they can make the decision whether or not to allow people who have received those vaccines. Because remember, Hungary approved both. Um, the Chinese Sinopharm vaccine and also the uh, Russian Sputnik vaccine. So uh, that's notable. Also, Greece is uh, making contracts or agreements with 10 different countries to facilitate uh, free travel uh, between Greece and those countries uh, by proving a co- like with a proof of COVID uh, vaccine certificate or an immunization certificate and even a negative test result uh, will be allowed. So right now... Um, uh, Greece is running a you know a kind of simulation in April with Israel and the United Kingdom uh, to see how it'll work. And by May, they will add like ten more countries. That includes Canada, the UAE, Saudi Arabia, um, and a bunch of other countries. So we'll see um, if that works. And as you know, Greece is very dependent uh, on tourism. So yeah. Uh, so moving on, um, Italy has gone back into lockdown. Um, so they're facing another lockdown. Uh, the government is attempting to contain a recent surge um, of coronavirus cases. However, starting March 15th, um, actually not even however, starting two days ago, half of Italy's 20 regions, which include the cities of Rome, Milan, and Venice, have entered new restrictions starting Monday um, and will go on to April 6th, so after the Easter weekend uh, so these regions are defined as red zones, meaning that people only be allowed to leave their houses ex- for work or health reasons, and obviously non-essential uh, essential sh- uh, shops are closed. Uh, in the rest of the country, which is, I think, orange zones, people will be banned from leaving their town or region, except for work or health reasons, and restaurants can do takeaway, um, etc. And finally, over the, we- the Easter weekend, from the 3rd to the 5th of April, the entire country will be considered a red zone and will be subject to a national lockdown from April 3rd. So hang in there, Italy. Um, Okay, so, uh, you know, something that's been uh, very, uh, you know, it's been there on the news about Poland um, and Hungary, uh, very important. They filed a complaint with the EU Supreme Court 
over the EU's rule of law requirement um, that has been um, put into the EU funding that was approved last year, so the budget. So, you know, media outlets are reporting that Hungary and Poland have filed a complaint with the EU Supreme Court over a mechanism that ties the respect of the rule of law within with EU funding. So the rule of law mechanism was included um, in the budget approved last year by the EU, covering all 27 member states. So not many people um, will know. Uh, so not many people will know why this is important, and I will try and explain it the best I can. So upholding the rule of law is one of the fundamental values of the European Union. It is enshrined in Article 2 of the Treaty of the European Union, and it also is a prerequisite for the protection of all other fundamental values, uh, which include fundamental rights and democracies. So uh, why is this whole thing important? So Hungary and Poland have been at odds with the EU for years. Um, you know, they've been accused uh, that their governments have been eroding judicial and media ind independence. Um, so now both countries have filed an official complaint uh, with Poland stating that this mechanism is in fact a violation uh, of the laws governing the European Union. So what does this mean? So the challenge could mean that implementation of the new mechanism could be delayed for up to two years, which essentially gives both governments um, treating room ahead, uh, breathing room ahead of their national elections. So last but not least, um, it has been reported today that the European um, Commission President Ursula von der Leyen uh, made clear that the EU will block vaccine exports unless the EU gets their fair share of vaccines from other countries. So obviously this could be construed as a shot to the United Kingdom uh, who have not yet delivered from what I understand vaccines to the EU and the EU has exported around 10 million doses so far in the past six weeks and um, 41 million vaccine doses um, to like in total to other countries as well. That includes the UK. So speaking, uh, so speaking at a press conference on Wednesday, von der Leyen threatened to block the export of vaccines to countries that refuse to share their own vaccines. The EU may also cut off vaccine exports to countries with higher vaccination rates than Europe. Uh, the latter could affect countries like Israel and Chile. The move reportedly comes as the EU faces criticism over its vaccine rollout. Now, obviously, I'm no expert in vaccine logistics, so I wouldn't know how the rollout is uh, or what it's like. But from what I gather from living in the Netherlands um, and from what I'm reading uh, all over the news, uh, it's pretty slow. Uh, so the effort to roll out its vaccine has had a major setback as well. Um, I don't know if you all heard this week the issue with the um, or, you know, the potential, like, I don't want to say it's an issue, I don't know anything about the AstraZeneca vaccine because I'm no medical expert, but it's been reported all over major news channels that um, there are some serious side effects with uh, the AstraZeneca Oxford vaccine. Um, in regards to this vaccine, I'll talk more about the issue next week as it's fairly new and new information is being released every day. Um, and I don't want to kind of make things up because I don't know exactly uh, what the story is, but hopefully um, next week there will be more information and I'll let you know what's going on. Um, anyways, 
that's the gist of what's going on in and around the EU. I know uh, most of the news relates to COVID-19, but I'm hoping that I'll be able to report on other breaking news not relating to the coronavirus. Uh, the past uh, you know, few weeks, uh, everything's just been on the EU. It's vaccines, cases surging, lockdowns happening. Um, third potential wave of coronavirus is on the horizon. So, um, you know, I know this uh, episode was short, but um, I want to thank you for listening. And again, I apologize for releasing this episode late in the day. Stay safe, everyone, and see you next week.